Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I am your co-host, Michelle Maros, and I am here with my mother, Barbara Schmidt, Peaceful Barb. She's here again, and we are thrilled to be here for another week of Barb Knows Best isms. Hi, everyone. Hi, Michelle. Hello, Mom. I'm very excited for this week's episode because I can't wait to hear about what you know best about this particular topic. Yeah, it's a topic we haven't talked about before. I know sometimes we've... Shocking to find one that has not been unearthed. Well, I think this one is particularly near and dear to your heart because I know for most of your early life, let's just put it that way, most of your early life, this was something that you... You, you talked about a lot and you've done several blogs on this and there's been so much that we've written on this, especially you have such brilliant ideas and thoughts and really heartfelt feelings about self-doubt. And so we, self-doubt. Thought, we thought it would be a great episode because I think it's very insidious. Mm. I'm not sure it's easy for us to claim it or understand it or feel it or really know where it's coming from. So I feel like self-doubt... Not a lot of people talk about self-doubt. I don't know if it's embarrassing or we're not really in touch with it, but I think it's profound. And I think it's something that we, I think it's a normal thing. Self-doubt is normal. We all have periods of doubt in our lives. And there are times when it's about ourselves. So doubt is about how you're feeling from the inside out about yourself or about what you're about, what, what you're getting ready to do. And so it's really important, I think, for us to talk about it. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation as well. Fantastic. Yes, you are correct. Self-doubt has been something that I've struggled with for a lot of my life. Um, And when I even looked up self-doubt, I've written about self-doubt. We've talked about self-doubt and I'll get into my own process with self-doubt. But when I was like, okay, what does self-doubt actually mean? It's you know, the dictionary says it's a lack of confidence in oneself and one's abilities. So it's like your confidence is, isn't there. You don't believe in yourself and you're not like on your own team. You're betting against yourself. And I think too, it's like the ultimate imposter syndrome. Like you don't think that you're worthy 
to be somewhere or to be in a position or to be with people or to have those things. And when you think about all of the feelings and emotions that come with that, the lack of confidence, the imposter syndrome, it's really hard to live your best life or highest ideal when you're constantly batting yourself back down and telling yourself that you're not enough or you can't do it. And, you know, maybe not everyone deals with this. Maybe some people come out of the womb feeling ultra confident. I don't know. But for me, this is something that I've really struggled with for a lot of my life, like I said. And I even remember back when I did yoga teacher training in 2012, the first time I ever did a yoga teacher training, we finished the course and we were at our graduation and my yoga teacher had us, we were sitting in a circle and he had us sit and think about something that we wanted to release as we stepped into this like new chapter of our lives now being certified yoga teachers. And the first thing that came into my mind was self-doubt. And it was, you know, we wrote it down and we did this whole thing of releasing it and letting it go. But that's the thing that always comes up for me. I remember it came up for me in another instance in a chapter in my life of what I want to release. And even you and I having conversations as you as my mother, um, you know, you would always say to me, like, if you could just believe in yourself and stop, you know, second guessing yourself or thinking that you're not enough or that you can't do things, you know, your, your life would explode if you believed in yourself. I remember you've said that to me so many times. I think I've written it on your mirror too. in one of those dry erase markers, believe in yourself, believe in yourself for sure. And, and it's, it's hard, but I wanted to, to chat about what I've done, what you've done, what we've all done and what, what we can do to overcome self-doubt and create that new groove in the brain about it. And just what, what might even be like the cause of it. And I think what's so powerful, first of all, Michelle, thank you for being so vulnerable. I think we, we strive to share all of our life experiences and, and feelings and all of the things that we go through. And this is really a big one. I know for you, because you're right, you've, this has been a lifelong thing. And I think it's so wonderful to be living in this day and age where it's talked about so much. Maybe the words self-doubt aren't being said, but we don't deserve, we have a seat at the table. We don't think that we're good enough. And I think it ties into, are we worthy? But we think other people are. It's okay if you have a seat at the table, but it's so, I could never have a seat at the table. So I think it's so wonderful that that conversation is being had a lot today on social media, in film, everywhere. Like we all deserve a seat at the table in whatever table we're trying to do. Like we deserve a seat in life is how I translate that. We deserve to take up the space in the life that we are living. We absolutely deserve that. It is our birthright. And so this idea of self-doubt that we're going to fail or we're not good enough idea of doubting ourselves, I think needs to be drilled into a little bit, Michelle. I think we really need to really like tease that apart and look at that a little bit more because it's normal to have doubt. We all have some kind of doubt about something. But what we're talking about is with this really deep-seated self-doubt where it, it really stops us in our tracks or it keeps us from actually doing 
most of the things that we might like to do, not maybe one thing, oh, I have a lot of doubt whether I want to jump out of an airplane and be a skydiver, you know, or something like that. You know, we all have those fears. Yes, we all fear jumping out fears of airplanes. Oh, doubts. I'm not sure that I can survive this. That That's also a form of doubt and fear because I believe at the root of all of it is fear, fear that we're not good enough, fear we don't deserve the seat at the table. So I would like to change that. Not only do you deserve a seat at the table, but you absolutely deserve a seat in life. Yeah. And as you were talking, I was thinking about self-doubt and what it really looks like in our lives. And yes, it's fear, but it's, which is also, you know, anxiety. It's overthinking. It's allowing our minds to get away with us and tell us things that aren't true. You know, it's always easier for me to try and drill down into a personal experience. And I think when I was, you know, in that yoga teacher training graduation, identifying self-doubt, I think that was like, you know, could I be someone that could actually lead a yoga class with people who I didn't know and, and, and be good at it and, you know, not mess up and, and allow them, guide them through a good experience and, you know, all of that. And me thinking like, I, I could never, I can't do that. I can't, I can't lead people in a yoga class. That's so scary. And what if they hate me and, and all of that. And in other experiences of life, same thing, whatever the chapter might've been presenting to me, it was that overthinking monkey minds, like we like to say, of telling me that I couldn't do it or that I'm not good enough or that people won't like me or that I'm going to mess up or I'm going to look stupid or I'm, I'm going to fail. And it's that anxiety and that fear that kind of runs through your head. And it's, it's macro and it's micro. You know, I'm talking about a yoga teacher training graduation in my yoga class, but then, which is the micro, but then thinking about the macro of like, am I going to fail in my life? Did I even make the right choices to be doing this? Like, why did I choose this? Why did I quit my job? Why, what is my path? What does my career look like? What am I going to be doing in five years? Am I even going to get to the places that I want to go? Like, did I ruin my life? You know, like just one after the other, after the other, it's, you can see how one sparks another. And the next thing you know, you're, you're in a rabbit hole of, of really difficult emotion that doesn't make you feel good. And so that's why I like to say doubting is normal. We all have doubts, but I also then say, okay, I want to, you know, I'm really, I really feel strongly about this. And I know both of us talk about this so much. We have to feel the feelings that we're having. So you can't just ignore the doubt. You can't, because that's, that's what happens. I think when you, you know, when you feed the doubt with all the fear or you ignore the doubt, it just spirals and spirals and spirals. So I like to say, pause, wait, I'm feeling doubt right here. Pause and feel the doubt. Understand what is the doubt trying to tell me in this moment? What action am I supposed to take on this feeling of doubting myself here? Maybe the action is, whoa, I need to get a little bit more education on this thing that I'm about to do. Oh, so maybe I should go take a class first because sometimes the doubt is real. Wait, I don't know if I can actually go from A to Z in one big step because it's nearly impossible. But I can go to A to B and then I can go B to C. So really doubt is our teacher. Doubt tries to help us because really in all doubt, we're really, I think we're actually looking at the challenge of learning. Of, of learning something new because there's something inside of us that actually wants to do the thing that we're doubting. It, I don't believe it would come up to begin with. 
And here, I'm going to share with you. Right. I'm not like ruminating about how I'm going to be like the next top chef. Right. Right. You know, you took a yoga teacher training and you're a phenomenal yoga teacher. I loved coming to your classes and all my friends used to come to your classes. They were so peaceful and beautiful. So you you took the teacher training. So you must have loved doing it or you must have had a desire to do, you must have had a desire to learn. So let's think about that. Let's rephrase doubt as it's maybe let's reframe it as self-doubt is a sign that you're about to grow. You're about to learn something. And so settling into, okay, this is normal for me to be doubting myself because I really don't know anything about it. Now let me take the first step in learning what it is that I need to know, which will quell the self-doubt. But the greatest, I guess the greatest teacher and the greatest thing that I, that happened to me about self-doubt was a book called Letters to a Young Poet by Rilke. It changed my life. It is probably one of my top 10 favorite books of all time. I've read it many, many, many times. And just to give you a little excerpt from it, uh, this poet writes to Rilke and says, am I a writer? Should I be writing? I don't know if I should be writing. Am I an artist? Asking Rilke all these questions about what it is he should do with his life. I'm paraphrasing. I didn't actually read that from the book. This is my own after reading it so many times. He literally is writing to Rilke to ask him what he should do with his life. He's experiencing extreme self-doubt and wants Rilke to tell him what to do with his life. And Rilke says, me? You ask me whether you should be a writer? When you should be going inward and asking yourself, basically is what Rilke writes back. When you go inside and ask yourself, you will know if you should be a writer. So what I took from all of that and reading the letters to a young poet, and I highly recommend it, is it is, it is normal and it is real to be scared. When we're feeling self-doubt and we're feeling scared, I believe it's actually a sign that we're tapping into something that we truly desire in our lives. Like we're on the right path. So it's a really cool thing to think of self-doubt as a teacher and as something that we could actually embrace and grow from that is actually trying to tell us something. And so I believe the more we're on the path of what it is we truly, truly, truly want to know and want to do and want to have for our lives, we're going to feel more resistance. We're going to feel more fear. We're going to feel more self-doubt as we experience it. It's only normal. So I hope, letters to a young poet, but I hope that this can show you that having some self-doubt is normal, but then using it as something that I'm actually going to learn from and grow from is, is priceless. Yeah. I think that's really helpful to think about it from that perspective of self-doubt doesn't mean that what I'm embarking on isn't for me. It means that I'm embarking on something that's exciting to me and yeah, everyone starts at the beginning and you have to learn and, and grow into whatever it is you're doing, but it means keep going, not let it push you back. There's the sign quote. Oh, I love that quote. Self-doubt <laughs> means keep going. Don't let it push you back or stop. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, wrote, I wrote a blog years and years ago. I pulled it up. It's like a old, old, old one. But I would talk about that self-doubt was the biggest block and hindrance in my life. It kept me stuck because, you know, you, you can't thrive and be the the greatest iteration of yourself if you're constantly telling yourself that that you can't and that you're not good enough. So 
if you're struggling with feeling stuck, you have to release the self-doubt. You can still be afraid. You can still acknowledge maybe that you're a novice at something and that you still might need to learn more or that you might need more practice or that you might need more experience in something or that you might just need some time to marinate and whatever it might be. But it doesn't mean that you have to quit. Don't let self-doubt push you to quit. I love that, Michelle. And I think I like to call self-doubt as a slippery obstacle to confidence. And I call it slippery because we're not aware of it when it comes up. We're not, I just don't think we're, we're looking at it as self-doubt. We're looking at it as I'm not confident. I'm not smart. I'm not enough. It's self-doubt is that obstacle, as you're saying. So we can't let it stop us. We have to do some experiment with it. We have to do some examination of it. We have to start to understand. And I like to think that self-doubt is when there's something that we really, really, really want to do. Like it's one of our deepest desires inside that we want to accomplish. But oftentimes the mind might say, well, I want to do this, but it's already been done. Or it's going to take me too long, too, too many years to accomplish it. And so it could really be a dream that keeps coming up over and over and over again. You know, like, wow, this is really one of my deepest desires. I'm, ha- I'm, I'm dreaming that I could do this, but I've got all these roadblocks of it's already been done. And so I love this, um, this idea that if you have an idea, but you think that it's already been done or somebody's already written it, remember that there are 1,010 published biographies on Winston Churchill. So you could be the 1,011th. Like there's, there's always room for you. Your unique idea is important. Your presence in this world and your thoughts are important. So if self-doubt is keeping you from doing something because you feel like, oh, that's already been done by someone else or that's not important, your ideas are important. So not allowing that to keep you from doing something because you think that it's already been done. And I think the best antidote to self-doubt is action, taking that one tiny step forward. You're looking at me like I'm a little bit wonky right now. No, the best (laughs) antidote is action to self-doubt and remembering, you know, acknowledging your wins already. You know, you've made it through every difficult moment in your life. If you're alive and breathing right now and you've accomplished things and you've gotten through things you didn't think you would, and you've done better than you thought that you would, and you've made it through. So remember that even if you're a novice at something right now, or you're a beginner, or you're not you know, sure about things, you've accomplished a lot already and you should remember your wins. Beautiful. You know, everyone starts somewhere, but each moment we're a little bit further than we were before. So remember, remember your wins. Well, and you know what lights you up inside. You know what you want to do. You know when something feels right. Just like what Rilke said to that young poet, you ask me whether you should write or not but we talk ourselves out of it, you know, but deep down we know. And so self-doubt, we let other people's expectations or other people's thoughts, or we ask other people, do you think I can really do this? Like the young poet did with Rilke. And they've actually, now Rilke was a a writer, so he, he was a good person for this poet to ask, but, but they've never really been where we've been. I, I like what Glennon Doyle says, stop asking people for directions to places they've never been. No one's ever been where we've been. They, they've taken the journey and maybe had a, had a result and we might be emulating some of the things that they're doing, but they've never actually walked in our own shoes. 
So how often do we put the steering wheel of our life in other people's hands? All the time. Yeah. So, <laughs> But I think that, that that tends to take us to places that maybe we weren't wanting to even go. We let people influence us so deeply because we don't trust ourselves. But we have to trust ourselves and trust our inner desires and our inner compass because we are the only ones that are living in our own personal lives. And it's really hard or it's really easy to let somebody else take the reins because, but it's so crazy too, because I don't trust myself enough to make decisions for myself, but I'm going to trust you to make decisions for me when you don't know everything. Yeah. It's really wild when you break it down like that. It's really, really wild. Wilding out here. Like what? Why? Well, I think it goes back to the mind. The mind likes to trick us. The mind Such is a liar. The mind is a trick. I like to call the mind a tricky customer. You know, I used to be in the service industry. So I, the mind is a very tricky customer. So we have to, we have to really be aware and we have to be thinking, okay, is what the mind is saying to me true? And 90% of the time it's not true. It's taken us down a path that's not true. And that I love this quote by Albert Einstein. I think 99 times and find nothing. I stop thinking, I swim in silence, and the truth comes to me. Mm-hmm. So I love that quote because I think, you know, we, we're always thinking, 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 thinking. We think the thinking mind can help us figure out the thinking life. And the thinking mind only makes the thinking life even worse. We really have to stop. As Rilke told the young poet, you ask me, you go deep inside within yourself, and the answer will be there. So... If you're thinking 99 times and you're finding nothing, stop thinking and sit in the silence. And you will start to hear that beautiful, truthful voice within say, yes, I must write. Writing is my calling, which is what this young poet, poet discovered in, in Letters to a Young Poet by Rilke. He discovered that writing is why I came to this planet, or it, writing is so within me. So I think it's really beautiful to start understanding and living our own truth and living our own path and walking in our own shoes and understanding that everyone else is meant to do the same thing. So stop comparing, stop judging, stop asking other people if you should be living the life that you're living or is it possible that I can actually do that? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, it's interesting that you said that because for me, one of the, the, the second biggest, outside of not feeling confident in myself, but the, the second biggest continuer of self-doubt is comparison for me. I've spent 
also so much of my my life and time comparing myself to other people, to other people's journeys, to other people's paths, to other people's successes. And that too is what keep kept me and keeps us stuck in in a place that we don't want to stay. And comparison is just, it's such a waste of time. It, it robs you of time. It robs you of, of being in the period of, of your life that you're in. You know, like I said, we all start somewhere. We all start as a beginner. You're never going to be a beginner again. And so when you're spending, you know, your beginning times wishing that you were in another chapter, you're robbing yourself of that period of time. And remember that all of our paths are unique and purposeful and meaningful for us. So what would be the point for me to compare my path to your path? Even if we have a lot of similar, you know, parallel lives, I'm still me and you're still you. So what would be the point? And it's, there's just no point. And so if we can stop comparing ourselves and when we start to get into that comparative mindset, like saying, yeah, like saying, seeing what you see about someone else and on and admiring about someone else and be like, wow, that, I really like that about them. I really like that quality um, and honor them for that, but still maintain what's authentic for you and not try to kind of morph yourself into that but honor what is and honor yourself and stop trying to be better than or further than you actually are. Really beautifully said, Michelle, because I actually think that we, when we see something in someone else, we actually are, it's a, it's a mirror of something that we're already seeing within ourselves. So if we can actually, if, if I'm, if I'm admiring the way that you write, Michelle, and the way that you express yourself through your heart, there's actually a part of me that is desiring to let my heart start expressing itself in the way that I would want to express myself. So just, when we're seeing that in another person, use it as, as like a tool or as a, as a mirror or as a flashlight. Like it's lighting up something inside of you that you're meant to be tapping into that's your unique self. Because remember, Shakespeare said, Compar- comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. And I, I know when I first read that decades ago, it pierced my heart. Comparison, because I was a big comparison person. And the idea that my joy could be stolen by my comparing myself to someone else and thinking that I wasn't worthy enough or that I wasn't capable enough or that I wasn't able to really look at that doubt as something other than just that I'm not worthy or I'm not capable, it actually is showing me what I really want. And it's showing you what's possible. And showing you what's possible. You can see if someone's further down the road than you are and they're achieving things or or having accolades, that's great. You, you can see it, it can be done, it's possible, and you can keep going on your path that's going to take you to whatever, you know, places you're going to go. And remember that there's no like lack of success. There's enough for everyone. There's room for everyone to, to, to have a place, to have a space, to have their passions, to have their purpose, you know, 
We're not competing for the same thing. The table is big enough. We just have to have the confidence and the love for ourselves. I think, you know, lack of love for ourselves, lack of trust in ourselves, lack of security in ourselves, lack of accepting exactly who we are. So instead of trying to be someone else and thinking, oh, they're better than I am, or they already have the seat at the table. I love that. I saw a meme recently that said, you know, if the seats at the table are all taken, build a new table. Like there is always a way. We are never, we are never at a lack of accomplishing what our deepest desire from within is. And so I think it's really, really important for us to stay in our own lane and really start understanding that we are all unique people walking our unique paths in our own lane and how can we learn and grow from all the things that are out there in the external world, but really always staying connected to what's deep within us. Yeah, and staying connected to what's deep within us is remembering what what our strengths are, like what we're good at. You know, like I said, I'm not, I mean, it would be cool if this were the case, but I'm not sitting here like dreaming about winning like top chef or like being like the master chef. I don't have that innate skill of cooking within me. And isn't that fascinating, Michelle? I love that you just said this. This is this Uh-oh. is huge. No, this is huge. This is key. Oh, God. No, because I don't cook. I don't like to cook. No. So it is never with, I never have self-doubt about cooking, ever, 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 ever. Well, you ever. just own that you're not good at it. Well, because I don't like it. I don't like to cook. So it's so interesting what you just said. I'm, I'm like lit up inside and just so she ecstatic is. about she it. Just... Well, because it just shows what we're talking about. Usually when we have self-doubt... It's about something that we love or that we're that we want to be good at or that's a deep desire within us. When you just said cooking top chef, that I could not think of anything that I would go after more. So it's really fascinating. It just what you just what you just said really just brought full circle to everything that we've been talking about in this episode. Wow. I'm that so self-doubt glad. is truly, if we have self-doubt, really start to reframe it as wow. I'm having self-doubt here. Let me think about what I need to learn from this because I think I'm about to grow if I start to understand what the doubt is teaching me. And then I could take the first step and then I could take the second step. I'm scared because I have this self-doubt and I'm not quite sure, but it actually is a deep desire that I have within. So the resistance and the fear and the self-doubt, all those experiences that I'm having, they're just experiences and they're, help, they're really there to help me go deeper. Okay, what, what is the next action that I need to take? Yeah, and what I was going to say too is just remembering those innate strengths and abilities that you have. You know, like I was saying, I was not born with cooking skills. But I think from when I was young, I really liked to write. And I liked to be creative. And I liked to do that. So those are things that I can tap into when I'm feeling doubtful of myself because I know that even if I don't think that I'm good enough or that I'm going to be successful or achieve something, I know that I'm skilled. Like I can remember what I'm good at. And that helps. Like taking inventory and being like, yeah, I did that and I did that and that was great. And I'm going to do this next. It's, it's really helpful to kind of build that confidence within yourself and with whatever it is you're doing in your next 
part of your journey. So that's beautiful, Michelle, because you you write, you have written a lot about self-doubt and you write that it's really important to have mentors that inspire you. And I know you probably have some some top takeaways that we want to leave everyone with in this in this episode. But you you talk about having mentors that inspire you. So you are a writer. And so Rilke lived like in the late 1800s, early 1900s. So maybe you would have been one of those people that would have written, you would have been one of those young writers, one of those young poets that would have written Rilke a letter saying, am I a writer? Because you, you are an incredible writer. You have a deep desire to write. So I think it's kind of cool that Rilke could be, could have been one of your mentors. I just love Rilke in that book. She does. She did a whole workshop on Rilke once in that whole book. Um, yeah. I think it's kind of cool because you are a writer. Yeah. Yeah. And it, <laughs> no, it, it's very... Am I taking you down a path? No. Am I taking you down a mental Welcome path? Welcome like, to my own where, personal therapy with my mom, I guess. True. Yes. I was just going to say that. I took you, I interrupted you with the top chef and now I'm, yeah, this is, this is how our conversations go sometimes. No, but it's true. I, I, I can very much relate to the feelings that the young poet had when writing to Rilke and, and all of the self-doubt that comes from not feeling enough or not feeling confident a hundred percent. Well, and I introduced you to this book years ago. So maybe Rilke's book. Are you trying to say that you're my Rilke? No, 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 no. I'm trying to say that. That's, I saw where that was going. No, 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 that Rilke Maybe he was one of the teachers that inspired you to stay on your path of writing. Well, and I, look at the look at the path that you have of going within. Every time we have a conversation, you always say to me, "Mom, you need to sit with yourself and go within and listen for the answers. Sit with yourself and go within and listen to the answers." Well, two things that I want to say to that. Love it. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I want to say. If you'll to that. allow me, two things I would like to say is first. For a very long time, it's been my desire to, outside of everything else, to cultivate a strong foundation within myself, to just understand myself from a place that there's nothing, there's no space self to be anything else but confident. And so, and that's what you're saying, to go sit with yourself, Mm -hmm. to go be with yourself, to go know yourself so well that like the doubt isn't possible because you know yourself, you know, you doubt yourself when you don't really know. And so that's been my mission, not even the the external of like, Oh, I want to be a writer or, Oh, I want to have a podcast or, Oh, I want to do whatever it might be because those are kind of all the external labels that we can put upon ourselves. The self, the, the, the practice for me was the foundation within the self. And so it's kind of like once I started to establish that from within and really kind of strip away those labels of writer, whatever, whatever label it is, and just be with me, it allowed the space for all of that other stuff to come up where like, oh, wow, I I am good at writing. This is something that kind of comes naturally to me and I enjoy it. Um, Oh, I, I do love this or that, or, you know, I keep trying to make this thing work, but I don't really like it. And it keeps feeling really hard. Maybe this isn't something that I need to spend my time with. Like those, 
you know, little subtle answers kind of pop up when you get that really strong foundation from within that only can come when you take the time to do so. And so for me, it, it, even if you can't get your mind wrapped around the knowing that you're good enough at whatever thing or situation or worthiness, know that if you start to get to know yourself so well, there won't be space for it, which was everything for me. So even when old feelings or thoughts pop up, you know, I can tap back into that center because it's, it's so strong, you know, like a house that's built on sand can't really withstand anything, but a house on, well, I guess I'm not an architect, concrete, I don't know, stable, sturdy ground can withstand thing, hurricane windows. I got hurricane windows on my house. So I can, I can withstand it a little better than I used to be able to. The second thing that I want to say is another great book that I love for this kind of journey of discovery and purpose and the path is The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. I read that, I read that book. That was the second self-help personal development book I ever read. The first was The Four Agreements. The Four Agreements like changed everything. But the second book, when I was really uncertain and unclear of my life, where I fit into the world, what I was doing, and I read this in like my mid-20s. I think I read it even before I embarked on teacher training and all of this work with you, Mom. I read The Alchemist. And that opened me up to the possibilities of what could be and not knowing the, the whole staircase like Martin Luther King Jr. says. I don't know the whole staircase, but I can see the first step. Oh my gosh, I love this. You could just talk all day long. It's so beautiful. And The Alchemist now is the book that we give. We work with high school kids. In, I give it to anyone. I know we do, but I'm just saying we actually we actually hand them that book as kind of like their rite of passage in the work that we're doing at the university for high school kids, because it, you're right. It, I remember when you read that book, you did not stop talking about it. It has made such an imprint on your heart and on your whole being. And that's the, I think that's one, that's that kind of full circle back to what I said before is one of the things you wrote about is finding mentors or finding books or finding people's words that inspire you. Surrounding yourself with people that lift you up, that show you that, show you that the path is possible. I think when you can't seem to find it within yourself, you do, it's just, we're not on this path alone. We're not in this lifetime alone. We are here to learn and grow from other people as well, but we're here to learn and grow what, what works for us on our own path, on our own unique path. And I think it's just beautiful. We have to have teachers and people that inspire us. Yes. And you have to have support systems. Yes. You know, I think you need at least one person in your corner because just like I, I went on my tangent about the strong foundation from within and loving yourself and feeling like you are solid, you can't, there are going to be some times where you're going to need the reminder from the outside. You know, we can really be our own cheerleader 98% of the time, but sometimes we're going to need that external support that can be like, you've got this, you're good enough, you can do it, I believe in you, 
don't worry. You know, you're strong enough. You're capable, capable enough. You know enough. And that can get you to that 100%. You absolutely have to have at least one person in your life that has your back without knowing the whole story, without needing explanations. That if you're in a situation where you have doubt or you have questions or you have thoughts or feelings, deep emotions, that you can go to that one person and that you don't have to explain yourself. yourself. You don't have to prove yourself. You don't have to do any of those things. They say, I've got you. Just, just by the fact of you being you, I've got you. And there's so much power in that. And so that certainly starts from within, having ourselves as our own best friend, which we talk about a lot on this podcast. But I think having one more person, you're right. Because I remember when you came to me and read The Alchemist, I was like, wow, I love it. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me, tell me more about what you've learned. This is so amazing. And I remember when I was going to do the workshop, I wrote this whole workshop on letters to a young poet, two hour workshop on letters to the young poet. I had a little doubt. And I remember I went to you and I said, I think you were in college or maybe high school. I can't remember which, but I said, do you think this is going to be interesting? Are people going to want to, are people going to want to hear two hours of Rilke's letters to a young poet? And I had all the PowerPoint. I mean, I had the whole thing. And she said, yeah, mom. I know. No, you said, yeah, mom, this is a book that you really love. I think that it would be really, I think it will be really helpful for people and those that want to hear it and that like it will like it. And those that don't will, you know, go on their merry way. Yeah. But you, you've been that for me. You've always encouraged me and that, that makes the difference. And, you know, if you don't have those, that person or people in your life, you know, you can have this podcast be that for you. Um, because it, it, it makes a huge difference. And lastly, too, remembering that like it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to fail and it's okay to embarrass yourself and it's okay to not be perfect, too. I think self-doubt is oftentimes fueled by errors and missteps and embarrassment and don't let it. Don't let it fuel it because it's all teaching you something. It's all taking you further down the road and it's all part of the path and it, it, it it's helpful. So don't let mistakes and failures happen to everyone. So know that it's normal. I love that you brought up making mistakes. We've normalized mistakes. Well, because I we make, make them. so many freaking mistakes. Yes, it's almost course. like, all right, get it together, Michelle. But it's made me me and I like me. Well, I know that we've talked about Sarah Blakely several times on our episodes. I just love her. If you're not familiar with her, she's the youngest female self-made billionaire in 2012. She founded the company Spanx. And she said this, if too much time goes by that I haven't embarrassed myself, I can sense it in myself and I'm like, I've got to do something embarrassing because it loses its power over me. And then she goes on to explain, I will do things highly embarrassing or seek out things I know I'm not good. I know, I know that I'm not that good at and do them. If all of a sudden becoming embarrassed becomes the goal, the fear of what others think of me is not so gripping. If you make a mistake, what's the worst thing that will happen? You'll become memorable. I choose vulnerability in my path from the very start. The trick is to pursue something you don't know how it's supposed to be done. You have to work on the mindset. 
I have self-doubt to this day, but if you can get over the self-doubt part and pursue something you have no experience in, you will probably come across something revolutionary and do something different. Wow. Amazing. This is Sarah Blakely. Amazing. She embarrass yourself, make mistakes. And I love this part of it. Pursue something you have no experience in. You'll probably come across something revolutionary and do something different. Well, it's like if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. This is this is a full circle moment back to the beginning where self-doubt is changing your mindset. Work on your mindset. Look at self-doubt as teaching you, wow, where is the self-doubt coming from? What is it trying to teach me? I have no experience maybe in this, but it's coming up from within me. Maybe I'll come across something revolutionary and I'll actually do something different. And I mean, if not, just act as if. <laughs> like, you know... I think a lot can be said for believing it, even if you don't see it. And even if I still feel 50% unsure and uncertain, I can go that extra 50 by just ripping the banding and saying, whatever, I, I believe it. Um, putting yourself out there, you know, with writing with whatever that thing is. You know, if you wait until things are perfect, you're going to be waiting for the rest of your life. And sometimes you just have to say, F it and let's go. And bring the self-doubt along with you and bring the fears along with you and bring whatever other uncertainties that you have because you got to take them because you can't be stuck forever. You know, whenever I enter a room and I'm experiencing some kinds of self-doubt and not feeling super confident, I actually think about, I bet all the other people in the room might be experiencing similar things. A hundred percent. They don't know what to expect. They don't know what I'm going to actually talk about or whether I am even a good speaker. So they're probably feeling a little bit, oh, should I have stayed home tonight? Should I have come out to this talk? So I put my energy and my intention and my focus on putting all those people out in the audience at ease. I'm going to show them that they're, they're in the right space, that they showed up for exactly what they needed to be here for. So it's kind of interesting way to reframe it. Look at putting other people at ease if you're starting to feel some self-doubt because they're probably experiencing it too. We all do. It's what makes us human. I mean, if we were automatically confident, assured, all-knowing, could never fail human beings. Like what would life look like? It would probably be really boring and uninteresting and probably not as fun. You know, all of these difficulties also add so much spice to life. We need it so that we can keep growing and, and learning and becoming. And remembering too, that like you're all, your, your timing is your timing. You're in the right place at the right time. Like if you're where you are, you're meant to be there and you just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other because you're going to get to where you want to go. But, you know, as we know, and the cliche says, life is like the journey. So just taking all of that difficulty with you and remembering that you're always worthy and enough as you are in this moment, you can push through the feelings of self-doubt and fear and uncertainty and anxiety and just remember, like, I'm here for a reason and 
even if I don't know that reason. It's enough. I'm going to recap for myself. Go ahead. I'm going to give you three ways that you can change self-doubt in 60 seconds. All right, let's hear it. (laughs) Everything that we've talked about today. Number one, self-doubt is a sign that you're about to grow. So reframe self-doubt. It's a sign that you're about to grow. Number two, doubting yourself is normal. Understand what the doubt is telling you in the moment and then take an action. And then number three, it's your, if you're feeling self-doubt, it's your deepest desire. It's like your soul's desire that's speaking to you. So if you're feeling resistant, if you're feeling fearful, self-doubt will be the experience to get you to tap into what your deepest desires are. Fabulous. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Love a tangible takeaway. You're well, welcome. this was I hope, fun. I enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. As did I. And I hope that this was helpful for any of you that are suffering from that pesky self-doubt. You don't have to suffer with this anymore. I'm put feeling it, less doubtful. Put it in your pocket and let's go. <laughs> um, but yes, we do hope that this was helpful. And I hope you took away something from this conversation as per every conversation that we have. That's what we hope. That is our intention. And we thank you all for taking the time out of your busy, important lives to be with us week in, week out in these important life chats on the podcast. We are so grateful for all of you. And we truly, truly love doing this every single week. If you haven't yet, please make sure that you stay connected with us on social media at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros, and at Barb Knows Best Pod, because that is where you can stay up to date with all of the happenings, episodes, questions, podcast topic requests, anything that you want. Social media is where it's at. So stay connected with us there. Please also make sure that you're liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify. And lastly, it's the holiday season. If you're feeling generous and you love the podcast and you want to do something nice for us, please make sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes and leave us a glowing, sparkly holiday review because it means so much to us. It helps us greatly, and we just love it and appreciate it. Thank you so much again for listening. Thank you for being with us. Have a fabulous rest of your day and week, and we'll speak to you next week because, as we know, Barb knows best. goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.